Good morning. Said the eight o'clock worship. Uh, welcome uh, to worship here and those online. Uh, my name is Tom Davis Chappelle. I'm a retired elder in the United Methodist Church, assisting elder to our DS on the South District. And um, it's good to be back here at New Hanover. I was here a month ago, and I congratulate you on the courage to invite me back. <laughs> Uh, continue to pray for Pastor Ricky and his family uh, as, as they're taking some time away. Well, I'm honored that uh, I've been asked to uh, begin this series on the Holy Spirit. I'm honored and kind of in awe uh, about that because we certainly want to start on a right footing uh, as we talk about who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, let's pray together. The Holy Spirit, descend upon us. Help us to hear with our ears. Receive with our hearts and apply to our lives the message you're about to share with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord John Ogilvy uh, authored The Drumbeat of Love, The Unlimited Power of the Spirit, as revealed in a book of Acts. And in it, he writes, The astounding, invigorating dynamics of the Holy Spirit have never been more present and available than now. In it, he goes on to write, every contemporary church must ask if an outsider, an onlooker, were to observe the life of our church, would they be impelled to want to find our Lord and become one with us in the adventure? Now get that, the adventure. Christian life is an exciting adventure. Any church that's writing the new chapter of the book of Acts in our time, uh, and again, the book of Acts is not finished. It was meant not to be finished in the New Testament age. Uh, it was meant to be finished in the church age. People should be able to see our churches, saints, uh, saints whose lives are so radiant with joy, so filled with the Holy Spirit, so responsible uh, for people's needs that they're irreversibly drawn into the fast-moving currents of the congregational life. And you demonstrate that. I appreciate so much your worship, Daniel, and worship team, as you usher us into worship, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the, 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 the atmosphere, the spirit that, that is here. That is exactly the experience of the disciples who followed Jesus in the flesh and were filled with Jesus in the Holy Spirit. So who is this Holy Spirit? According to Anne Graham Lotz, the Holy Spirit is the fire of God that ignites us, the breath of God that stirs us, the word of God that shakes us, the whisper of God that calms us, the life of God that quickens us, the dew of God that refreshes us, the lamp of God that guides us, the voice of God that convicts us, the force of God that empowers us, the heart of God that comforts us, the strength of God that carries us, the arms of God that cradles us, the hands of God that lift us, the oil of God that heals us, the anointing of God that gifts us and teaches us and gladdens us, the seal of God that validates us. So who is this Holy Spirit? Let us begin with some important scriptural truths about who the Holy Spirit is. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Now, the Holy Spirit is introduced to us in the second verse in the first book of Scripture. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters in Genesis 1, 1 and 2. When God created humans, God didn't say, I think I'll create humans in my image. God said, I think I'll create, or God says, let us create humans in our image. Now, one of the clearest examples of the Trinity is found in the baptism of Jesus. The Son is baptized with water. The Spirit descends as a dove. And the Father speaks in Son, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. The Trinity can be stated in three simple terms. God is three persons. Each person is fully God, and God is one. So the Holy Spirit being fully God has divine characteristics. For instance, the Holy Spirit is eternal, has always been and will always be without beginning and without end, according to Genesis 1, 1 and 2. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent everywhere. The psalmist in Psalm 139 cries out, Where shall I go from thy spirit? Shall I go into the heaven? Shall I go into the grave? I'm never away from your spirit. The Spirit is omnipotent, omnipotent, all-powerful. Luke 135 says, And the angel answered Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And lastly, the Holy Spirit is omniscient, all-knowing. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So number one, the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, is the third person of the Trinity. Two, the Holy Spirit continues the ministry of Jesus on earth. John 14, 16 and 17, Jesus said, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and abides in you. So the Holy Spirit has human characteristics as well as divine characteristics. In his book, The Counselor, A.W. Tozer writes, Spell this out in capital letters. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is not enthusiasm. He is not courage. He is not energy. He is not the personification of all good qualities like Jack the Frost is the personification of cold weather. Actually, the Holy Spirit is not the personification of anything. He is individuality. He is one being, not another. He has will and intelligence. He has hearing. He has knowledge and sympathy and ability to love God and see and think. He can hear, can speak, can desire, can grieve and rejoice. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, according to the Scripture, the Holy Spirit, like us, engages in activities. The Holy Spirit reveals, according to 2 Peter 1.21. The Holy Spirit teaches, according to John 14.26. The Holy Spirit witnesses, according to Hebrews 10.15. The Holy Spirit intercedes, according to Romans 8.26. The Holy Spirit speaks, according to Revelation 2.7. 
The Holy Spirit commands according to Acts 16, 6 and 7. The Holy Spirit testifies in John 15, 26. So the Holy Spirit engages in, in activities just like we do. The Holy Spirit is relational like us. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Rome, Ephesians 4.30 The Holy Spirit can be lied to in Acts 5. The Holy Spirit can be denied. Uh, for example, a church member class was learning the Apostles' Creed and each person had been assigned a sentence to repeat. The first said, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. The second person said, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son. When he had completed his sentence, there was an embarrassing silence. And finally, one person piped up, Teacher, the person who believes in the Holy Spirit isn't here. Now, we talked about who the Holy Spirit is according to Scripture. And that's good information. But we've got to move beyond information to experiencing the Holy Spirit in our lives. So, so what about here? We prayed, Holy Spirit, descend upon us, help us to hear with our ears, receive with our hearts, and apply to our lives. How do we apply it to our lives? Well, what about here? When, when, people, when people look at Hanover United Methodist Church, when they examine our lives and our ministries and our relationships, will they say the church who believes in the Holy Spirit is not here? The following was written in Christian Life magazine, and I quote, in many Christian circles, the Holy Spirit is either neglected, forgotten, or misunderstood. The one given to unite the body of Christ is the center of controversy. So often Christian work, and I'll hear this, so often Christian work is so rigidly programmed that it seems we need no longer depend on the Holy Spirit. And yet Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. Jesus also said, you'll do greater things than I have done. Can you imagine? How do we do those great things? By what power? By whose guidance do we do those great things? The Christian life is an exciting and adventurous life. And the late A.W. Tozer, author and pastor, said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, listen, if the Holy Spirit were withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on, and no one would know the difference. That's a sad commentary. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit happened twice in Scripture. In Acts 2, we're familiar with the story of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit became, came upon the Jewish believers. But then in Acts 10, we hear the story of Cornelius who called Peter to come and, 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 and preach the gospel of Jesus to the Gentiles. And in Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit comes upon the Gentiles. So when we receive Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit, Tozer said, had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. 
We are reclaiming a lost truth of the Easter story. And Jesus himself told his disciples within just days of his crucifixion and subsequent resurrection, the words we find in John 16, 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So if it's to our advantage, it would be wise to reclaim the truth of the Holy Spirit. For some of us, and begin for the first time to discover who the Holy Spirit is. So let's end uh, where we began. With the words of Lord John Ogilvie, the astounding, invigorating dynamics of the Holy Spirit have never been more present and available than now. Daniel reminded us that as the worship team led us into worship. The dynamics of the Holy Spirit have never been more present than now. John, um, Lord Ogilvie, shares in his book his experience with the Queen Mary, the great ship, the Queen Mary. When he was a student, he did some work in Scotland, graduate studies in Scotland, and he sailed from the Queen Mary from New York to Southampton. And, and then he, he talks about the lovely pleasure vessel, and, 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 and then the Queen Mary during World War II, if you remember, became a, a troop carrier avoiding the German submarines. Uh, uh, John goes on to say in his book, his next experience of the Queen Mary was, a, it, became, it, it has become a museum piece located in Long Beach Harbor. And he says, she, she sat there motionless, tied to the dock. The, the one thing the Queen Mary can't do now is to fulfill the reason for which she was built, to sail on the open sea. And at the end of that tour, uh, Ogilvy says there's a documentary, uh, and, and it ended with a triumphal uh, but somehow tragic statement. The greatest ship that ever went to sea is now the greatest ship to come and see. That describes many of our churches. I'll never forget a young pastor visiting St. John's in Baltimore, one of our oldest United Methodist churches in the country. We went through that facility. And my heart was broken because now it's a museum instead of an active congregation excited about Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so John Ogilvy concludes, we are not to be a religious memorial society of the past, but a vigorous movement in the present. We are not embalmers of the past, but the enablers in the present and empowered people for a new age. The Christian life is a call to adventure and excitement. So, Hanover United Methodist Church, please, as you continue this series on the Holy Spirit, 
May you write the next chapter of Acts. I, I remember uh, 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 one of the pastors from Hopewell Church uh, speaking, and he said, he gave this testimony. He, he came to the Lord in, in a United Methodist Church in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. And the power of the Holy Spirit was at work, and, and people were excited about the Lord, and, and that's where he came to the Lord, and then he established Hope of the United Methodist Church. And, but he said, never take for granted the movement of the Spirit. Never take for granted the movement of the Spirit. And so may you reclaim the astounding, invigorating dynamics of the Holy Spirit. So as we prepare our hearts to come to the table of the Lord this morning, remember that it was at this table Jesus promised to his disciples the Holy Spirit. And at this table, let us claim that promise together. And there should be a prayer on, on, on the screen that I'll ask you to share as we prepare our hearts to come uh, to Holy Communion. I'll ask the servers of the community to be ready to come. Uh, but let's pray this prayer. O oh God, the Holy Spirit, come to us and among us. Come as the wind and cleanse us. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the dew and refresh. Convict, convert, and consecrate many hearts and lives to our great glory. And this we ask for Jesus' sake. Amen.